0: A lot of the tactics I talk about here require you to be in top physical shape. So I partnered with Mountain Tough to help get you ready for the mountain. With their science-based hunter-specific training app, you'll get in shape and mentally tough, able to tackle any hunt. Because we really believe this will help you be more successful, as a listener to this podcast, we're giving you six free weeks to get you started. Just use code LIVEWILD. It's no secret Yeti has some of the best and most durable gear out there. But when it came to hydration, they previously didn't have a great backcountry solution. Well, that all changed with their new Yonder water bottle. My Yonder covered the backcountry all across the West last season while chasing mule deer, elk, caribou, and more. It's about 50% lighter than their insulated rambler, but still has that Yeti toughness. The best part is they've now got them in four different sizes so you can pack the bottle perfectly fit for your hunt. To top it off, there's also great options for customization. You can check them out now at yeti.com. Welcome back to the Live Wild podcast, everyone. Right now, I am sitting in my vehicle recording this podcast on my way to a late-season muzzleloader hunt, and one of the best sights I could see dumping snow. It has been like this unseasonably warm season, it seems like. Just not a lot of snow, not a lot of cool weather, I've had a mule deer hunt that I'm really looking forward to, potential for really good bucks. A buddy of mine and I both have the tag. And it just seems like everywhere I've been this year, whether it doesn't even matter where it is, it just seems like across the West, it's been almost like a delayed rut, maybe because of the weather. There's certain places where, yeah, the deer are rutting, but it just seems like young bucks and does not those mature bucks like just hadn't materialized out of the woodwork yet. I really feel like it's kind of a late rut. And so I was originally hoping to go on this hunt earlier, but it just worked out uh, post-Thanksgiving week hunt. And I am glad that this is, I think the timing is going to be right. The snow hit finally. It's just gonna it's gonna turn things on. It's gonna be magical, I, I'm hoping. So I'm really optimistic for the hunt coming up. And when I get back from this hunt, I will give you guys, I think next week, hopefully I'm doing a post-hunt update unless I <laughs> have trouble finding a deer and then being there too long. But a post-hunt update would be would be a lot of fun next week. But this week, we're going to look at learning to trust your gut and why there might be more to it than meets the eye. We're going to look at my philosophy of what that means and then dive into tactics where you can put those hunter instincts to action but before we do that i want to share the story of last weekend's deer hunt i'm gonna call the heartbreaker so in between outfitting and all the other things that i do i managed to find some time to slip away for a couple days uh, my major focus this season was to help my wife get an elk and it was a lot of fun but we also had our two kids with us so it made it a little bit challenging we went out archery season a few days and we'd bring the kids but you're just very limited with two we had our daughter's two years old my son's like nine months old and so there was a little bit of a challenge to that but we ended up my wife ended up getting a bull be a story for another podcast it was awesome Uh, we got the grandparents to to watch the kids for a day and, and went out and and got an elk but so I got a couple after we got our elk, then I was like, okay, I I had a few days to hunt, about two days. And I really wanted to go hunt some big mountain whitetails and look for just a a giant, a good buck, a big buck. So the weather was kind of, has been unseasonably warm, as I mentioned, but it seemed like the mule deer rut was slow, but the whitetails were starting to move. And so I went into, hiked into the first day, a spot that, Generally produces, but also I could get into places that were way further back, and because of the snow, and I figured there'd be deer back there. So I I decided, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go deep. I'm gonna go to places where I haven't been able to hunt in a while because too much snow, or the deer would be pushed out of there for sure. But places that I knew deer hung out early in the season. So I went in the first day and ended up i did see some bucks covered a lot of country covered a lot of miles hit kind of a combination of working old logging roads and then just bushwhacking up the mountain glassing into some burns and some other stuff and turned up i did find like one buck was just like a one horn buck another deer that was pretty decent but not what I was looking for, and then just had opportunities at smaller deer. I knew that I didn't have a lot of time to hunt. I had essentially two days, but I was just fairly confident that I'm like, all right, I, I'm going to spend these two days looking for a big deer. If it works out, it works out. If not, that's all right. I, I might be able to hunt later in the season or, or during a muzzleloader season or something like that. So the next day I go out and I decided to check this big open face where I'd seen while scouting I'd seen a couple nice bucks earlier in the year and so I get in there it's just getting light and I see these two does and going up the ridge and from my angle I had in my mind I was like in my mind I wanted to get to this spot it wasn't very far from where I was where I'd killed my best buck to date Um, it was a a really good, what is, I don't know, the whitetail world, we'd call a big 10 point, I guess I'd call it a four point, but, um, just a, just a solid mountain buck, my personal best whitetail. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to get to that spot and then glass back into this burn, big burn area. I'm going to climb up the dry hillside or like the south-facing slope and then glass into the north side because that's how I caught that big buck, I don't know, four years ago, something like that. So I've got this in my head where I want to get. And I see these two whitetails where I kind of seen some deer during when I was scouting earlier in the season. So these two deer go up this big steep mountain. This is mountain whitetail hunting. So fairly low densities of deer. And it's a doe and a fawn. And the day before, I guess I forgot to mention, I'd seen a lot of does and fawns with no bucks. It's just, that's what you see. You see doe and fawn and there's generally not a buck with them. They aren't really interested. And I, in my mind was like, okay, well, it's still early. I'm in like the bottom of the, like a creek bottom. And there's a burn on my left and like a south facing slope on my right. And I I decided, okay, I can, I should just keep going up this bottom to get around and then pop up and glass back to where I want to look, you know, it's maybe like a mile or two up the way, and I just don't. I see the deer. I know. I realize there's no bucks with them, but I have this feeling that I instead should cross across and just verify that there's no bucks on this hill. There's like a couple folds further up on the, the right hand side. As I'm going up. I have this feeling like I should go do that, but. I'm thinking, like, I just really want to get to this other spot. I don't know. I don't know why I have this feeling. It's like I have this feeling that I should go to the left. Instead, I go to the right. I don't know why. And maybe it was just even, I hate to admit it, but almost being a little bit lazy in some ways because it's like a lot of deadfall. I'm like, okay, that's just going to put me back to get into my spot. So if I climb up here, go through all this deadfall, just to look in where I can already see, that's pointless because I saw that there's no box there. You probably know where this story is going. And I'm the type of hunter that if I get that, I've been very good about like when I get that feeling, I I just follow it and I choose the best way, not the easy way. And when I don't do that, it really bites me in the ass. I mean, honestly, it's like you've got a system that works time and time again. And then every once in a while, you just, you let your brain think more than those hunter instincts. And I just felt like oh, I should go. So I go up a little bit further, and it's like nagging at me that I need to go over to the left and look. So I decide that I'm going to do that a little too late. So I, I start to go over, but it's super thick and loud where I'm going. Whereas if I would have gone a different route, I would have been able to see this entire hillside sooner because I'm down in the bottom and I can't see up. I could see where those were but I couldn't see around the corner and if I would have just when I had that feeling done what I was supposed to do I would have had a great view of this hill and it would have been a completely different volume and I'm not too far from where I was so I go and I, I jump over this log and it's just this loud like so much deadfall I jump over this log and I turn around to look behind me well I had walked past there was a buck and two does and this buck was an absolute hammer (laughs) for public land big mountain whitetail it would have been my personal best whitetail I uh, and he is now looking at me and I am looking at him and I had he's probably only 150 yards and I absolutely had enough time to shoot the buck so okay it would have worked out however I was solo hunting and self-filming and that I wanted to I don't know why I don't know why I cared that I wanted to share it with everyone. And it's like when I go out filming, I have in my head that like I have to commit to it. Because if I don't, I would never, ever get anything on video because you would just hit the easy button, right? It's so much easier to just shoot the animal and, and be done. And if I continually got in the habit of that, then I wouldn't get what I wanted to get. So I told myself that I was going to self-film. And so when I do that, I make a commitment to myself that it's the camera first, not the gun first. You know what I did do too? This is the other thing. I had one of those. This would have been fine. I would have I would have accepted this. I had one of those cameras that you can film. I think it's a Tacticam that you can film through the rifle scope. I haven't used it really ever, but I, I had it with me, but the battery was dead and I didn't have the cord to charge it cause it's an older one. And I, I don't know where that cable went. So I had it like in my truck and I thought about it two days before. My buddy had one, we were duck hunting about the week before and he had one and I could, I was going to call him and ask him to, if I could borrow his charger and then just charge it on my way out, out of town. And I didn't do that. So I was like, I would have accepted that and just could have hit because I thought sometimes with these white tails when they're moving it's like you get one split second to shoot on a good buck and that's it and that would have been great but I didn't so here I am I've got the I at least had my camera out which I've got accustomed to when I'm filming I just carry it around because if it's in a pack or something like that there's absolutely no way I can get the shot so I've got a camera big lens tripod I'm stabilizing the camera and he's standing there broadside 150 yards I get the camera out and as soon as I get it up on him and like go to hit record, he, he like walks off and around the ridge and is running away and running toward the top of the mountain. And, but I'm assuming he's running toward the top of the mountain, but on the side that I can't see. The two does are still there and they just let me film him all day long. And like he was not going to sit around and wait for me to get the, get my stuff together. And so I try to go through. Now I'm on the hill with the just deadfall that's over my head. And I'm like trying to navigate up. I'm thinking if I get up high enough, I can see across. I get up high enough and I see that he kind of, well, I don't see where he went, but the does then took off and went after where he did. And then I finally got to the where I could see around the corner and the does went over the top of the mountain. And so then I decide, all right, right, I'm now it's time to take the best way, not the easy way, you know, right? Like go around the mountain, just make a big loop get in and try glassing into where i think they went but at this point it's just you know a lot of hope. like it would just be absolute pure luck to find this buck again so i get in there and i get set up there's like a little burn on the back side and i did a, i think i had to climb like uh, probably i don't know 1800 2000 feet of elevation to get over to where i wanted to be like set up and it was perfect setup if i would have seen him like i would have had a two to four hundred yard shot I was glassing into the timber and I sat there for most of the day hoping that they'd work out I did some rattling and calling and I'm looking and thinking like oh there's nothing here and a herd of elk walks out into the little burn four hundred yards away that timber was concealing a herd of elk okay I have no chance of seeing a whitetail unless they want to pop out into the open and even then they weren't that easy to see it was one of those burns that's just like not super open and visible So needless to say that the sight of this wide, tall, good-looking buck, I think, you know, just based off of my eyesight, I could see that he had a little bit of trash on one side too. Like on his right side, he definitely had some little cheater action going on, something like that. I mean, just an absolute beautiful buck for the type of hunt that I was doing. A dream buck. And had I just gone the way that I had a feeling of going, I would have easily seen this deer at 250, 300 yards. Like I walked past this buck to to get to where I finally eventually saw him and blew him out. If I would have just gone where I had a feeling to go, my mind kind of battled that instinct. Like, oh, I want to get to this spot. I don't know why. I just wanted to get to a a random spot and wasn't playing off real-time data. You know, I felt like I'd seen what I need to see. There's no buck here you know, there's no buck with these does and there wasn't a buck with those does. There was a buck with some other does just around the corner that I couldn't see. And had I done a little bit different, I would have shot my best white tail hands down. Like there was no, I would have had a nice rest. He would have been broadside. I would have had time to get video. It would have just been like, it just makes me sick to talk about it. Really. It's one of the, I think this is just for me, one of those hunting moments where everything was like you work very hard to get one opportunity sometimes. And those opportunities don't come very often. And my hunting style is that which I try to not make mistakes. Because when you make a mistake like that, like a simple mistake, where I have a certain set of principles that I follow. And when I follow those principles, I make very few mistakes or, I take advantage of those one opportunities. And when it falls apart, when I don't do what I normally do, and it bites you in the ass, it makes it even worse. Like it's just a salt in the wound. It's one of those hunting moments where, you know, you can say that's hunting, but I knew better in a strange way. I, I just, I was kicking myself. It made my stomach hurt knowing that I could have done better. And for whatever reason that day, I just didn't do it you know, and I I like to talk about the successes for sure on this podcast and the failures. You know, I'm very successful when it comes to hunting. When I go out, I generally find what I'm looking for, whatever, because I, I, you know, I've done it a long time. I have, I feel like there's certain times where it works out. And then there's other times where I know I could have done better and didn't. So that's why this week we're going to talk about what that gut instinct is, how to listen to it, and kind of my philosophies behind what it is. It might It's just a little bit more than a feeling. And we're going to dive into that here. So you don't have the, as I've talked about in other podcasts, the shoulda, woulda, couldas of the season. And this one's definitely going to go down in my brain as one where that book's just going to stick out in my mind. You know, I, I debate whether I should have just shot him or tried to get the video of him. But you know, that's, that's the way that I dedicated to hunting. And, and, you know, there's those times where it doesn't work out. I think the first thing to talk about, what is that gut feeling? You know, if, if hunting were a cop show, right, you hear these, you always see a cop show. If it was like a, a sitcom style cop show and they're, they're always like, "I've got a gut feeling," you know. The the guy's got, always got a gut feeling. He's got a hunch. He's he's playing his hunches, right? Well, there's something to, in my opinion, a hunch. And if you were, if there was a similar show for hunters, I think that that would be a, a similar theme that you'd hear all the time. I'm playing a hunch. I'm playing a hunch, right? Uh, they're 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 always playing that hunch. Now, I think within hunting there's a couple things working for us that maybe don't get talked about enough as a hunter i've i've come to see that there there seems to be what i like to think of as a hunter instinct right you think about hunting we've in order to survive on this planet for as long as we have at some point we all had to have a little bit of survival instinct in us now for many people, it's been bred out, right? It's just like creature comforts and other things. We they just Most people go through their day-to-day lives without having to ta- tap into those natural instincts. But the more that I do things, you know, there's that talk about fight-or-flight instinct. There's that mammalian dive reflex. There's just certain instances like it allows you to hold your breath. I take my kids started teaching them to swim at a very young age, like six months old. And they know how to hold their breath in water without really having to show them. You know, not for, I don't do very, we don't do very long. It's like very controlled, but learning to swim and to to do these kind of things is there's just certain things that we actually do pretty naturally. Yeah, you need to be taught certain things and other stuff. Same with hunting. There's certain aspect of hunting though that is very primal and very natural. And we we have these almost innate, hunter instincts it's like we're hunters to survive and there's certain things that we kind of key in on and we suppress that because our brains work really well and we've got all this information but i don't think that we can negate the fact that we have some kind of everybody has some kind of hunter instinct the people that hunt a lot really tap into that instinct. But there's also another factor that I think of is when when experience happens, if we were like, if you thought of us as a, a computer, where it's like the computer gets inputs of ones and zeros, all this experience and other things, and yet we may not think of all these experiences at once, oh, this happened to me before, or, you know, those successes and failures. The more you hunt, the more experiences you get. But what happens is we've got our our hunter instincts and we've got our experiences. And then we kind of get this feeling of the right course of action to do. And I, when I think of the feeling, it's not necessarily in your mind. Because when I went out on this deer hunt, I had in my mind what I wanted to do based off of previous experience, right? I, I had an analysis. I made a plan. And yet as real-time input came to me, these deer came up, you would think like, yeah, I should see if there's more deer there right yeah okay that seems logical but also in my mind i'm like i want to get to this other spot to see if there's more deer and it was essentially the same spot i just wanted to go up a little bit further to not lose time to get to the spot that i wanted to get to it was was a want of mine it was a it was in my brain yet i had this feeling like somewhere in my body that's like you should this little voice saying you should go over this side and look and i'm generally very good about just following that little that like very hard to hear voice and when i when i get that i think okay that's that's tapping into that hunter instinct that's tapping into the experience and for some reason those past experiences have kind of formed this now feeling of the correct course of action and yet one of the things that i've always thought has led to a lot of success is just kind of following that instinct you know there's certain times where i talk about it a lot of hunting you you can have the right tactics and the other things but you're Sometimes the success comes between that intersection of persistence and luck, where you're just kind of so persistent that you you luck into things, right? You, you've you got like, you need the right opportunity. If you're in a low-density area, you have to find an animal. You ha- and sometimes you find them on a timbered ridge as you're walking up to a glassing point. But you're out there, you're doing it, you you have some kind of like thought that, I need to go up this ridge and, you know, I've, I've run in deer on ridges and so instead of taking this, particular route through whatever i'm going to take this particular off-trail route which you know also logically makes a lot of sense but you just have a feeling like this should be the way that i go and and hunt this particular area and so i think that there's something to be said for that gut feeling understanding what that gut feeling is and and listening to it it's like what's it what's it matter you know also sometimes it doesn't pan out both ways you know i could have gone there and there could have been no deer you know i didn't know that there was a deer i just it felt like I should probably – and I I literally debated and wrestled with myself of, like, the course of action I was going to take. That's probably identifying that gut feeling, that hunter instinct. If you're, like, wrestling with an idea that just pops out of nowhere, maybe just take that that new idea. Don't necessarily stick to your plan. I think for people that are, like, getting new, getting into hunting, they're like, what is this? Like, I don't have a lot of hunting experience. How do I – I I might not have that database that I kind of draw from. But I still think that you tap into some hunter instincts. I think a story that I've told in the past, but it always comes to mind thinking about hunter instincts and new hunters. My wife on her first deer hunt, one of the things that I really wanted to do when she got into hunting is let her make a lot of decisions. Like I would tell her the things that I do and why I do certain things and teaching her how to hunt, right? But there's also things that I just wanted her to start – making the decisions because when you're with somebody or with me and if I'm always guiding her then it was always like you know I was directing the hunt but I wasn't necessarily like letting her experience the hunt through you know it's like okay you're gonna make a lot of mistakes when I like when it's time to be successful okay do exactly as I say but there's certain times where I wanted her to kind of lead the charge and so Uh, we were actually in Hawaii hunting access deer and it was just a weird time of year to hunt because most of the deer had lost their antlers and and buck or doe didn't really matter, but it'd be cool to get a buck. And there's a few bucks that had their antlers. And so we saw a buck and we go over there and we watched him go into this spot and disappear. And then we get in there, it's real tall grass. And so I can't remember exactly how it panned out, but we had spooked some deer on the way in there and they had run out, but they ran out pretty tight. And I was like, and eh, we should probably turn around and I'm sure we blew them out. But what do you think? And my wife's like, I have a feeling he's still in here. So we just sat there and waited. And sure enough, the deer essentially popped out. I think, can't remember if I did a call or something, but he popped out and started walking toward us and she shot him at pretty close range and the thing that was pretty exciting for her was like, I had a feeling he was still here and he was still here. It was like tapping into this hunter. She's like, there's like this instinct of like the buck's still here. And she had that feeling and we followed that feeling. And it was like, that success was hers because of some, you know, hunter instinct that she just felt like that buck was still there. And it was the right call. And I maybe would have stayed there. I, I don't know, but I wanted her to, decide whether she felt like that deer had left or was still there and it was just one of the fun like I really really enjoyed that moment of success and the way that that hunt panned out because we'd had opportunities that that didn't work out but it wasn't any other kind of crazy knowledge but just a feeling that that buck hadn't left yet and so I think one of the things that you talk about that gut feeling or making a decision in the hunt some of the ways to tap into that gut feeling is doing more hunting alone, where you're the one making all the decisions. The thing that I struggle with sometimes is, and the way that I, I've become very successful by hunting alone so much because and guiding. Because I decided like very early on in my guiding career, I'd hunted alone. I was very successful when I was hunting by myself. And then it seemed like when I hunted with friends or family, it wasn't as successful because there wasn't this instantaneous decision-making. You didn't tap into those feelings as soon or as readily available. When you're by yourself, there's no one to bounce ideas off of. You just kind of go with what you feel. And, and that is the best way to train yourself to hunt this way. You know, I'm going on a hunt with a, with some friends and this upcoming hunt. And there's this thing when you're hunting with other people, you always discuss the many options, right? in so many ways, you create this paralysis by analysis where you, you overthink it so much that you end up not making a great decision because you're worried about what other people think you're worried about what's going on. You're worried about the other possibilities. And it just like, you get sucked into this pit of decision-making, in a in a way that's, you're analyzing it so much (laughs) that you, you should have just done something. I've hunted with guys that it's like we go out and this deer comes out and it's like okay the I don't know whatever happens moving up the ridge and what have you and they see it move up the ridge they stop they glass and like okay and then they're they're trying to figure out what they should do what uh it's like okay do I do okay I'll just watch it do I watch and wait for it to bed down do I go here okay what's the wind doing like thinking about all the stuff right but also just like thinking about it so much that essentially making the wrong play. They'll come back to me and be like, what would you have done in that situation? And like in this situation, it's like, I would have just gone to the ridge and shot it. Like, oh, yeah, I didn't really think about that. Like, "I, I, like, yeah, I just wanted to run up there and shoot it. But then I just started thinking about all the crazy stuff and other options and then the deer gets away. It's like, yeah, I was guiding one time and this is a story that uh, we laugh about with the hunter is like, we were going in, and this group of elk is in front of us, right? And there's like four bulls, and so we're going, and I and I drop down. I see them. We're on like a uh, like a logging road that you can't drive, just a, a logging road. And these bulls, we're actually going to a place where we'd seen some bulls, and in route we run into this bachelor group of bulls, and they're good bulls. So I get down, and they are very close, and I'm like we're laying down on the road and they're just right off the other side of the bank. I think they were even bedded or maybe there was somewhere feeding. I can't remember. And so I'm like, it?" Hey, I'm like, okay, crawl up and shoot him." You know, like go up here and, and, and get a shot. So he like crawls past me and he's like crawling up and he like gets there and he's like looking and he's like laying on the road and he, and he like moves his pack around to get like a st- like a rest. And then he like, rolls in his pocket and grabs his earplugs out. And the elk now, at this point, are getting, like, okay, and, like, me and the other hunter, there's two hunters, and we're looking at each other, like, okay, what's he doing, (laughs) right? Like, and then he, like, looks back and, like, like trying to hand, single, like, do I crawl up more? And then he, like, decides to shuffle up more. And then during this whole process, like, the elk run away. (laughs) And me and the other hunter are, like, hands on her, Like, what is going on? Uh, like, we're just... Like, dude, I mean, they're 50 yards away. Like, I meant just, like, get in front of me, sit up and shoot a damn elk, right? But instead, he was, like, doing a sneak, like a five-yard sneak. I don't know. We were laughing. Like, were you planning on jumping on their backs and knifing them? Like, you have a 300 wind mag, just sit up and shoot it. Um, like, there's that where you, you just... Uh, I don't know, like you, you analyze it so much that you end up not making the, the right decisions. So I think one of the things is just, you know, going with that gut instinct and then sometimes just, just acting, just making that move of like, all right, it's time to shoot or time to do whatever. You know, had I just been hunting, I, I would have killed that whitetail buck for sure, but... Essentially, I had also had paralysis by analysis because I, my analysis is I got to get the camera going. For me, it's like, that's a step and I have to hunt factoring in that I need that extra time, right? So I can't make stupid decisions. I can't make those stupid decisions. And if I have that feeling of like, okay, this would be a better course of action, whatever that is, I should go with it. The other thing that I've learned is if it comes to a decision point and you go, okay, I've got this decision point And I've got two options, and I'm battling between these two options. I always want to look at the why. Why I do or why I don't. Is my why I don't, like let's say I get this, okay, now I could go up this side and look into where I just saw these deer or keep going up the canyon and look at a different spot. Is the why I don't based off of maybe just being slightly lazy? And like we aren't talking about – a major physical feat. It was just like, I just want to get into this one place in faster time and didn't really feel like walking. I, I don't know. Like, have I really analyzed what I was fighting in my mind to be a hundred percent honest, just telling on myself, the thought was like, I don't really want to walk over there. Cause I'm going to walk over there up here. Like, I don't need to go over there here. I can go up here and be there faster. And I don't need to take the time to do that why didn't I need to take the time? Why was I in such a hurry to get to a certain place that wasn't that much further up when I could have done it a better way? And that eats at me because I don't do that very often. It was just one of those days where I was doop doing around. Like I just was thinking and not really, like my killer instinct, I just turned it off. I'm like, yeah, I'll just go up here, blah, 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 whatever. I don't know what happened, but I'm not proud of it, right? Like I just knew better. I knew better or I felt better, I guess. I was like, I knew what I wanted to do. And I'm like, I'm just going to stick with the plan in my head that I had this morning before daylight, before I ever saw a deer. Now stick with that plan because I'm stubborn and dumb, right? Like we do it, it happens. But when I look at that, at any decision point in hunting, I'm like, well, what's the motive behind the decision point? Is it based off of old information? Is it based off of, you know, if I got this feeling to go do something else, what's the reason that I do or don't? And then thinking about that decision point that way and going, okay, I'm going to trust my gut on this one. And when I don't do that, that's kind of the the clincher. Because my personal hunting motto that's led to more success, go the best way, not the easy way. And when I make a decision based off of that, I often find success. So I think that when it comes to trusting your gut, you know, it's more than just a hunch. It's past experience combined with hunter instinct. It's also, you know, conflicting decision points between maybe something that you've had in your mind and something that's taking in real-time information that's giving you a better guidance on a better way to go. And then it also boils down to, you know, learning to adapt and trust that instinct, but also developing that hunting skill of identifying what that gut feeling and what that hunch is, what that feeling is. And when those decision points arise, how do we act on that particular decision point? And I think the best way to do that is to go out and do some kind of soldier. They don't have to be long backcountry trips. They could be whatever, but go out and and be in the woods by yourself, especially as you get more, more confident, more whatever, you know, being able to not have to bounce decisions off people, being able to like feel something and do it, instantaneous decision making. And then you can, you can apply that when it comes to hunting with other people of like, this is the course that we're going to take, but it is a lot harder when you're with other people, just it hands down is, but there's times where like, when I hunt with my buddies, right? The guys that are good hunters, we hunt together, but we hunt separate. It's a, it's like, we help each other, but we also kind of do our own things. So it's like, we might hike out on a trailhead together and like, okay, I'm going to go this way. You're going to go this way. We'll meet up or, Hey, I'm going to glass this side. You glass that side. And then we'll meet up and, and see our findings. But a lot of times we're we're out doing our own thing and then coming back together. And then if somebody needs a hand with something, it's like, okay, we got something down, we can help pack out or, oh, I'm, I'll am i help spot or whatever. And we switch off with those roles. So one guy goes here in spots, the other guy goes here in spots, meet back. I'm like, okay, we, we got this or whatever. There's a lot of like breaking off and coming back together. And those breaking off points are actually when majority of us are are most successful because we can make those decisions based off of the right course of action without having to go through another process. And I know I've, I've talked about some of this in other podcasts, but it's good to bring up in, in different ways and and teach hunters how to tap into that. Because I think that there's a lot of this tactic stuff that we talk about. It's like, here's the way that you hunt. Here's the way that you find animals. There's a lot of little nuances to, to finding elk, to being successful in mule deer, to glassing, to to having the red gear, all that stuff. And that's all really important stuff because that's the basis of the foundation of like how to be better at like where do I start? I feel very confident that I can go into majority of elk units and find elk fairly quickly because I know elk so well, right? And that's just – that's my knowledge base. That – you cannot like put a price on that. But when I'm in the field hunting, there's certain decision points that I sometimes have to just go off of that hunter instinct, that gut feeling based off of past experience where I'm battling some of the like, eh, feeling a little lazy today. I got in my mind that I want to do this route. I want to get to this stupid glassing point for no reason other than I shot a deer there four years earlier. And I mean, to be honest, like this buck was essentially where I was going to walk to. I just... I uh, I don't know. Let's not talk about it anymore guys. Let's just let's just drop it. No, it's good to talk about because I knew better. I knew I should have trusted that little bit of instinct and that it wasn't the fact if I had just been hiking and I just like bumped the buck and saw him I was like dang it, I bumped the buck. Oh well, like that happens. You do you bump stuff like we all it's just it's part of it. But when you know better, when you have that like feeling and you, that's the way that you've hunted and found success and you just ignore it for no apparent reason and then you blow the buck out, that stings. So uh, just keep that in mind. I think that talking about these kind of tactics is very important because it's the stuff that you see a lot of books on set and decoys, elk uh, calling. glassing tactics but you don't see a lot of books on hunter instinct trusting your gut what that means and how to do it and i think that those are the nuanced things that make really good hunters consistently successful well i hope you guys enjoyed that podcast it's just the kind of stuff that i really like to bring up when we talk about hunting tactics like i said Next week, I'm hoping to share the story of my biggest meal deer buck, and I'm definitely going to follow my gut instincts and and hopefully turn up a good deer and and have a, a great muzzle litter hunt. If not, I'm really more focused on getting my buddy a good buck. It's been a while since he's drawn a good tag. So I'm really excited to go out, and I'm, I'm planning on doing some filming of it. So hopefully we'll have a film of that. And, you know, I think the other thing too is, like, if the conditions aren't right and we don't see that those giant bucks, well, it'd be fun to take a nice buck too so i'm really excited for that hunt getting getting ready to head on down the road and and get camp set up here and gonna be a lot of fun got uh it's it's gonna be pretty cold so I, I actually brought my big stone glacier six-man tent and gonna run the stove in it as our like big base camp should be a lot of fun one of the things you know i want to mention a great supporter of this podcast stone glacier they've got Incredible packs, incredible tents, just a lot of great gear. And right now, until December 1st, they've still got their holiday special. So if you spend a certain amount, you get a few free items. So something to think about. You spend over $300, you get a free three-pack SG Performance socks over $450. So if you're looking to buy a pack, like now's a good time because you get some added bonuses. You get the Performance socks plus a large hoodie, and then... If you go the next level up, you get three pack of performance socks, free hoodie, and then also a free fleece jacket. As always, you guys can use code Live Wild get free shipping on your stuff. That's, uh, that's always a little added bonus, you know, in a world where you can order a lot of things and get free shipping. It's nice to have that free shipping. And then outside of that, you know, if you guys, people want to know some of my favorite picks, you can always go to my website remywarren.com i've got a link to a little list of some of my favorites so if you guys are interested in like what packs i'm running or some of my favorite stone glacier gear check that out and i've got that on the website like i said there's still i've got that page up there it's got all of our uh, deals of companies that i've found some stuff companies we work with some stuff just random things that we've found so try to keep that updated and if you find a good deal somewhere else let me know and we can pop her on there Appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for all the support. Oh, as a reminder, we got our hat beanie combos for the live wild. We've also got our live wild seasonings ready to ship for the holidays. So if if you were a pre-order, that's coming. If you weren't a pre-order, hopefully you get them before they sell out. All the pre-orders will be delivered. And then, you know, then whatever's left, we're going to put up for sale in kind of a a drop fashion. And when they're gone, they're gone until, uh, until we make some more, but I think you guys are really going to enjoy these hundred percent organic, been a, been a long process to get this going and and there's certain things that i wanted and that were very hard to do i think that the quality of them will speak for itself but uh, i'm really excited to get those those live wild packs out people that are interested in you know some of that processing cooking just a lot of a lot of good stuff coming down the pipeline for that so thank you guys so much for all the support as always reach out via Instagram, social media, YouTube. I've got some more videos as we get into December. We're going to be releasing some awesome hunting videos. The Angry Eight, that's going to be a good one. I'm really excited about that elk hunt that is in the edit pipeline. Some of these deer stuff and some of the stuff i talked about on the podcast. Hopefully I have some videos out shortly for some of that stuff. So if you aren't a subscriber to my YouTube channel, please head over there, hit the subscribe button, cruise through, whatever you guys want to do. And then in next month, we're going to have some, you know, I like to throw down Christmas season. So keep posted. I'll keep you guys posted for that. We're going to be doing a lot of big giveaways, gathering up some gear and and sharing back with you guys. So I'm looking forward to all that. Until next week, I'm going to say gutter done. Gutter done. That's good.